you. Uh, we've been talking about how that God made a way in the wilderness for his people. And he sent his son and he made that way not only naturally but spiritually that he has uh, given us access even in the wilderness to his son Jesus Christ. And so uh, we've read through verse 7 so far in the last three weeks and I want to go ahead and uh, finish this today in verses 8, 9, and 10. And so in Isaiah, we are... Isaiah 35, we talked the first week about whenever the Messiah comes, when Jesus comes, which now is past tense, when he came, he will bring strength, right? He will bring strength to us. Not only will he bring strength, but the second week we talked about he will bring signs. He will bring the gifts of the Spirit, signs, wonders, and miracles. In the third week, last week, we talked about that he would bring streams. The Bible said that he would bring streams in the desert. And today we want to talk about the streets, the streets. In Isaiah 35 and verse 8, he said, A highway shall be there and a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks on the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravious beast uh, be, go up on it, and it shall not be found there. But the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing and with everlasting joy on their heads." And they shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Amen. There's three things here about the streets in the wilderness that I want to look at here this morning. The first thing that I want to look at is it's a street of grace. It is a street of grace. When you first read this about this highway of holiness and the unclean cannot walk there, uh, I don't know what it makes you think or how it makes you feel, but uh, I, I actually, when I first read this, at the first onsite of that, I feel condemnation. Now let me say this, that is not God. That's not God. And yet sometimes when we read the Bible, the enemy attacks us. And to make us think that you know, that, that it's somebody else can be holy enough to walk on this road, but you can't, right? Sometimes when we read the Bible, the enemy attacks us and make us think that, that you know, it's, it's all of the things that we do and, and this old mindset, the old covenant, the old law, if you will, and we've been brought up under that law and all of that covenant, the old covenant, it makes you think that you have to get to heaven on your works. But there's nothing further from the truth than that. It is, it is Satan that comes to attack our minds. And so when you feel condemnation, it, that is not from the Lord. Because there is therefore now no condemnation for them who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Amen? 
Can you say amen? And so Jesus came and he said there is no condemnation to the person who has accepted him as Savior and Lord. Now there is a difference between condemnation and correction. And God will correct us. Thank God. Huh? But condemnation, it is, it is a word to, to let you know that you are not worthy. You, that you are less than. You are not qualified. And so I know that, this, this, that the enemy will come and he will try to make us think that we are not qualified or that we are not good enough. But when you read this text again and you think about it through those lenses... Then you read it again, and this verse 8, it says, the, A highway shall be there, and a road it shall be called the highway of holiness. And so you see that, and you say, well, I, I'm not, you know, if you look at it through the law, then you're going to say, well, I'm not clean enough to pass over it. I'm not clean enough to get on it. And, and then it said, but it shall be for others, Right? And so if you look at it through the law, then you say, yeah, I'm not good enough, but, but somebody else is, you know, Jim is, or Sally is, or, or my wife is, or, or somebody else. That's for people who haven't never jaywalked before. That's for people who, who came out holy and they were saved all of their life. And, and that, that's who that's talking about. And they're worthy, they're capable of walking on this highway, but I'm not. But the next verse gave me hope. It said, whoever walks on the road, although they be a fool, <laughs> shall not go astray. <laughs> right? Praise the Lord. It included me. Hallelujah. This is what I must understand, that I did not get on this road because of my works. I did not get on this road in the wilderness because that I was so good or I merited or I did something. The only thing that I did is accept what God created for a way in the wilderness, I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, and as a direct result of that, He made me holy. Huh? He made me righteous. He made me pure. Glory to God. And so, no more than I can save myself, can I make myself righteous. I can make myself holy. But he made me holy. He made me righteous. The day that I accepted Jesus as my Savior, he also made me righteous in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. And so therefore I now have this, this, this joyous opportunity that I can walk on this highway that is called grace or holiness. Glory to God. You got to remember when you pull truth out of scriptures that it's got to be cohesive to the whole scripture. You can't just pull out a little bit and so it, it meets your theology. But you've got to understand that whenever you pull exergete or you pull out the truth that it's got to stand up to the character and the nature of who God is. And the character and the nature of God is the God of grace. And so when it, it is, says this, the unclean shall not pass over it. 
And so we need to understand that I am clean now because of the grace of God. Because of grace, I am clean. So it's not that I had good a good week. It's not that I had a good week, I did things right this week, so now I'm in good graces with God. And then next week, I, I, I didn't do so good, and so now I, I'm having a bad week, and I'm in the bad graces of God. God is not schizophrenic. God isn't going to change his mind about you because of what you have done or have not done. Amen? I got news for you. He loved us while we were yet sinners. Amen? And so our, his love for us is not going to stop. Listen, there's, there's no such thing as bad grace, but only good grace. So it doesn't matter what we have done or it doesn't matter what, what we, our performance because it's not based upon our performance. It's based upon who he is and what he has done. And because of what he has done, I can stand in his grace and by his grace, I am, I am made pure, I am made holy, I am made righteous in Christ Jesus. It is a street of grace. It's a highway of grace. And I just want you to think about that. None of the unclean shall pass over it. I've been made clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. So I get to walk on this road too. Some think I'm going to heaven and I'm good enough to go to heaven, but because of my past, I'm still unclean. No, I'm clean because of the blood of Jesus. And so are you. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. So your past is no, it doesn't matter what your past has been. When you come to Jesus and ask him to forgive you of your sins, Jesus' blood cleanses all unrighteousness. Amen. And because of that, it doesn't matter about the good job or the bad job. Certainly, we want to do our very best for him, huh? Because we love him and because he loved us. But it doesn't matter about it because my performance is not going to determine whether God loves me or he provides for me or he takes care of me. It is because of his love toward me. And so there's really a good picture in the New Testament when the Gentiles were considered unclean by the Jews that there is a Gentile named Cornelius who worshiped God and gave God gave alms to the poor the Bible says and he was crying out to God and so God heard him and sent Peter in Acts chapter 10 to him and this is when the gospel goes to the gentiles but peter goes up to the rooftop and he prays and he is actually falls into a trance the scripture says and it, he sees this sheet this is it were a bed sheet that falls out of the heavens this bedspread and it came down from heaven and it says it was full of unclean animals it was full of you know pigs and shrimp and lobster and all those things I like to eat. And this voice 
raised up and said, rise up and kill and eat. And then it, well, he says, and this, this is where we look at the story in verse 14. I want to read this. It says, but Peter said, no, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. Just notice the word unclean. And the voice spoke to him again in a second time, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. Or could, we could say unclean. Because if you look down in verse 28, it explains what the Gentiles, what he's, to the Gentiles what he's saying. God has shown me that I should not call any man or any person common or unclean. Amen. He's saying, he showed me something in my, uh, my culture that it is these pigs, these, these things, these animals that are unclean. But he said he showed it to me so that I would understand what God has cleansed that I'm not to call uncommon or unclean. Nobody. Nobody. The Jew, the Gentile. None of them. And then in Acts chapter 15, when we're having, they're having this council to decide what to do with the Gentile believers, Peter says in verse 8, chapter 15, verse 8, so God who knows the heart acknowledged them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did us and made no distinction between us and them purifying, right? Purifying their hearts by faith. <coughs> The word most of the time purify here means cleansing. He cleansed them just like he cleansed us. So I'm telling you today, we're cleansed. It doesn't matter if you lived a life full of sin until you came to Jesus and you accepted him as your savior or if you were, you were born in the church, right? Just because a cat crawls up in an oven and has kittens, you don't call them biscuits. And just because you was come up in the church doesn't mean you're a Christian, right? But as all of us have accepted Jesus as our personal Savior, no matter what our yesterday was, it is forgiven. It is covered by the blood, right? And now we stand before him cleansed. So this road, this way in the wilderness, as I said, his name is Jesus. Jesus actually told us that in John chapter 14. Is this too much scripture for you? John 14, verse 4. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said to him, Lord... We don't know where you're going and how can we know the way. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. But I am the way. Amen? Before they were called Christians, they were called the way. If I'm right about this, and I think that I am, five different times in the book of Acts, Christians were called the way before they were called Christians. 
And Jesus is the way, right? Jesus is the way. And we get there because of his grace. Jesus came and spoke to the prostitute who had sin of the flesh. And he also spoke to the Pharisees who had the sins of the heart. And he did not make any distinguish between them. He, he, he said there's sin of the flesh and there's sin of the heart, but if you'll accept Jesus as your personal Savior, sin is washed away. It's a street of grace. It's also a street of safety. Amen. Let's look at verse 9. No lion shall be there. Obviously, it's not talking about the lion of the tribe of Judah. It's talking about a roaring lion. Nor shall any ravious, ravious beast go up on it, and it shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. Hallelujah. Proverbs backs this up in Proverbs 91 and verse 13. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra and the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample under your feet. Jesus said it as well in the New Testament in Luke chapter 10 and verse 19. Behold, I give unto you authority to trample upon the serpent and on the scorpion and over all the powers of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you, right? And so no lion, no ravious beast shall be on the road. But let me just say to you today, it shall not be on the road, but be certain and be sure not to wander off of the road. Now what I'm talking about is is saved, lost, lost, saved, that because that's not what I'm talking. I'm talking about as Christians, we have to see sometimes <clears throat> that there is, if we're not careful, we can wander off of the road. And when you get off of the road is when you've got to worry about being in Satan's territory, right? I've given you this example before that, that we were created for the worship. We were created for the presence of God. And nothing can defeat us in the place of worship. Nothing can defeat us in the place of the presence of God because that's what we were created. That's the environment that we were created for. But when you get out of an environment that you were created for, what could never stop you before can now easily take you out. Right? I've said to you before that the example of the shark, whenever you get into the water and a little four-foot shark can make you get out of the ocean quick, fast, and in a hurry. Because you are in its environment. But will you take that little four-foot shark, bring it up on the, on the land, and you'll take pictures with it. You'll pull its nose and open its mouth, and you'll smile real big. You'll lay on its back. You'll slap it because you now have it in its and out of its environment and in your environment. It is the same way with enemy. He wants to get you off of the road of holiness. He wants to get you out of the highway of grace because if he can get you out of the environment in which you are created for, which the wicked one can t 